Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I am your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, today we're talking about one of the after effects, or really it was happening alongside of, uh, of the global pandemic, and that is screen time. And I, uh, this has been a massive issue. It was really, screen time was a big issue even before the pandemic, but no obviously now has become a crucial moment where we've got to talk about how do we handle this really well. Well, remember what we said in the past, 2020 was the great accelerator. Yes. Screen time just got accelerated. Yes. So you're right. It was an issue for all of us before. Now it's just on steroids. So um, as we've interacted with students, as well as teachers, we're finding all of them are going, I don't even know what to do. Students are saying things like, well, this phone is my whole life. Yeah. And they might have said that in 2019 as yeah. well. But this is how I cope. This is how I get by. Um, I take a break from school and I scroll through my feeds, yeah. you know. So that's and, and and I would I have found Andrew I don't know what you found but most of the teens the high school students that I talk to acknowledge it's not good for them they yeah. know it's oh, totally. too much is not good but they would say I no longer have a choice yes I'm at home learning virtually yes all my assignments are on a screen and then I'm on Netflix or you know whatever video game I'm playing yep. it's just they feel like they don't have a choice. Even if you met a really just like self-disciplined high school student before the pandemic who said, yeah, I got my screen time down to just an hour or two yeah. a day, that person, even though they would want to you know, be very disciplined around the screen time, now no longer has an option. Yeah. Right. They're in yeah. a situation where they've got to be on it That's right. in order to get their assignments done and do the other things, and and they don't have the option of putting it away and hanging out with a friend or yeah. or whatever the situation is. Yeah. So in this episode, in this podcast, listeners, we want to give you a handful of ideas to really manage your kids' screen time during a pandemic. This would be true for parents, teachers, coaches, anybody that has the next generation in front of them. So Andrew, this may not surprise you, yeah, because you do what you do. <laughs> But since the pandemic started, kids' screen time has doubled. Yeah, which is crazy when you yeah. think about how much we were talking about screen time before, before the pandemic. That's right. How can you double 23 hours a day? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'm kidding. Um, so um, Custidio, a monitoring device that tracks screen time, just sent a, 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 got a, published a report that kids' screen time has increased 100% since the COVID-19 outbreak started. So that would be a year ago. Uh, one dad noted that his son played video games 40 hours in a single week. My now, goodness. that's like a full-time job. Yeah. Now, it wasn't every week, but 40 hours in that week, and he just thought, I don't even know what to do. So here's some of the data. I'd love okay. to get your feedback. Yeah. Um, first, YouTube. So we're all familiar with YouTube. The average viewing time is 97 minutes a day, double the time in 2019. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Uh, uh, Roblox, a video game boasts 31 million players, up 82% since 2019. So clearly the pandemic had something to do with it. Yeah. We just had time to look around for and find that game. And then teen smartphone time, uh, the time is now between seven and eight hours a day, practically a full-time job. Yeah. And if you're working another full-time job on video games at the same time, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of work. It's amazing you have time for anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, we want to take a moment. I think it's important to 
add a little empathy here because parents are in a real conundrum, right? Because uh, like I said, even if you were managing your screen time, your kid's screen time really, really well, it feels like the pandemic has sort of pushed restart (laughs) on all of that work that we were doing. Um, I would, we've even heard from many single parents who say they're not sure how they'd make it through the day, Yes, both working and managing their kids without that one-eyed babysitter that they call the TV. Uh, Now, of course, tablet, smartphone, whatever it is, but it's like how in the world is a single parent parent supposed to manage that? They realize it's not a good mental health choice, but what other option do they have? Um, Other people are both teachers and parents. They've got dual roles, and they're trying to work and lead their kids at the same time, which basically feels like two full-time jobs. So the kid's got two full-time jobs on the screen. Parents got two full-time jobs trying to manage all of the things. Uh, And then still others have uh, multiple children at home and feeling like, how do I navigate between uh, all of this? How do I monitor this chaos uh, is really difficult. I go back to remembering one of our colleagues, Aaron, he's got four kids at home and he cannot, he said he gets multiple, multiple, multiple emails a day from his teachers just trying to, the teachers of all his kids just trying to manage all of this. It is not an easy situation. And that's the one thing, we're not suggesting the screen time things because parents are making massive mistakes. It's more just acknowledging this is where we're at how can we make some small but incremental changes that'll really make a difference? And if we'll live intentionally, I think we can do this. But Andrew, it's safe to say none of us had any training wheels for such a time that we're in. Yeah. The ambushing that happened with social media, period, and then the double ambushing that happened when this pandemic broke out. We were all sent home in March of 2020 without a lot of preparation time. So uh, with that said, we just want to acknowledge listeners, yes, we know it's hard. We have a new appreciation for moms, dads, teachers, anybody that's trying to juggle all the balls plus their kids. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to imagine a parent (laughs) going to their their parent and saying, hey, how did you manage my screen time during that pandemic I had? You're right. There's no, there's no training wheels. No. There's no past experience no. to lean on. So let's take a quick uh, few minutes and sim- uh, look at some symptoms to look for. So we're going to start, we're going to give you three nuggets here, listeners. The first nugget is, what are some symptoms to look for when we know the screen time has been too much? Yes. It may vary between. Some kids are fine with a few hours. Some kids, not so much. Yeah. So symptom number one, they're not engaging in other activities. You just see them very um, myopic, very focused on the one thing, Grand Theft Auto or whatever it is, you know, Halo. Yeah. Number two, they're having trouble sleeping. Yeah. So this is quite... uh, a statistic today that just sleep time is just down in teenagers' lives. Part of the reason is screens, not the only reason. Mm. Number three, uh, they're not connecting with others face-to-face, so they even lose their um, incentive to even have face-to-face conversations six feet apart with masks on. Yeah. And then four, they're unusually agitated and irritable. Um, I think whenever you have an addiction, and I know that's a big statement, but we're going to get more into that in a minute and it's taken away, you do get irritable. Yes. Um, I've gotten irritable when I didn't get what I was used to every day. Yeah. Um, so those are just symptoms we need to look for. Um, mental health expert Rachel Simmons was the one that provided that list, and I think she's spot on. Now, um, there there are other great, great statements that I... One, I want to uh, give you real quick um, from the uh, Center for Child Health, Behavior, and Development at Seattle's Children's Hospital. Here's the statement. During the long months of lockdowns and shuttered schools, many parents overlooked the vastly increasing time that uh, your son or daughter was spending on video games and social media. Now, uh, the kids who are used to free time, 
on mountain biking and playing basketball outside or whatever the game is. Now this is the only option. It's a game, they say. Yep. Don't you want me playing games? And of course, you really feel like you don't have a lot of um, a lot of options. So, mm. um, so for many kids, it feels like maybe um, what is happening, and this is certainly not every kid, but for many kids, what is happening is maybe inadvertently because of the pandemic, because they're in a situation like this where I used to be outside a lot, now I'm inside all the time. I've switched from mountain biking to now Xbox, right? Yeah. That one of the things that may be happening is addiction. Right. Yeah, it's just right. naturally I'm sort of <clears throat> my brain is starting to rewire and I'm getting connected to this device in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I think that may happen is an addiction withdrawal. You want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So psychologists have said for years, one of the reasons we brought up addiction is this. Psychologists have told us for years that addiction to a screen can be very similar to substance abuse. You know, yes. the, the same symptoms of, of, of addiction to smoking or drinking or whatever can be with a screen. Okay, mm. so um, Stanford University uh, uh, professor Keith Humphreys uh, said this: "There will be a period of, of epic withdrawal." That's quite a statement. Yeah, it is. But he goes on to say, "It's going to require young people to sustain attention in normal interactions without getting a reward hit every few seconds, yeah. like what's happened in a video game. Mm -hmm. So we need to just get rid. It's like going to a weight room. Then you stop going to a weight room." And um, now you're not quite as strong. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. vice versa. You need to build those muscles where you didn't. Ha they you weren't needing to use them for a while. Yeah. It feels like the equivalent <laughs> of like if you walked into a room and said, "Hi, Miss So and So. Nice to meet you." And you shook their hand, and she said, "You get ten points for that, right?" Yeah, yeah. That's what a video game does. Is it's constantly rewarding you for the behavior that it deems is correct, but they're not going to get that in real life, which is going to cause some issues. Yeah. So this addiction <laughs> withdrawal. I want to talk to you now about this this idea. Uh, the numbers warn us to introduce a new level of leadership for our young people in regard to this maybe addiction that they yeah. might have to screen. In other words, if we do some of these things, we will <clears throat> possibly avoid that Yeah, that or at least withdrawal. be able to combat it in a wonderful, healthy way. That's good. So here's a handful of ideas. Number one, set a bedtime internet kill switch. Mm -hmm. So some moms and dads that we know have just said, it's, it's going off. You don't need it after 9 or 10 or whatever time. And um, everybody, including mom and dad, yep. are no longer on the internet after a certain time. That's good. Yep. Number two, um, I think we can apply age-appropriate filters. Mm. So if you have really younger children, that's just very, very natural. There are apps out there that can, uh, can enable you to do this. Um, but I think even for teenagers... Uh, we found, Andrew, I think in our anecdotal research, middle school is about the time the kids often get a phone, some earlier. Yeah, some earlier. Uh, and then some later. But um, I think it's just important to use filters on, on all the phones in the home, enabling you to monitor the online activity of your, of your kids. That's great. Another one is look for signs of addiction and, and then talk about them. Mm. Now, don't point the finger and say, you must be an addict because, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. But just say, you know what I've noticed? Did you think about that at all? Or, or what I used to do with my kids is we might go get a burrito and talk about an article yeah. that talked about these signs yeah. uh, of addiction, and then we talked about it. Um, so when we see symptoms like the ones uh, that we're listing... Um, yeah, I think mealtime is a great time to discuss them, express your desire for your kids to enjoy some balance in their life, and you don't want them to have anxiety, and they would go, I agree. Yeah. So I think that's good. Absolutely. And then um, lastly, begin teaching them to take ownership 
of their screen time. Eventually, as they move from 9 and 10, 11-year-old to 13, 14, 15, they're going to need to own their life. Absolutely. And their time. So I think you begin to need to nudge them to really take ownership. Screen time cannot be fully controlled by parents and teachers at a certain point. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, This is why we need to make sure our students are learning self-management skills, like self-discipline and impulse control. Come on, we all have a hard time. For me, it's popcorn. It's not a screen. It's popcorn. (laughs) I have impulse control issues, but that's a whole other podcast. Indeed it is. So the ability to self-regulate screen time is just going to serve them well, and I think it's time we consider, how do I begin to teach that? Absolutely. So why this is also important is I think there is a moment coming, um, we hope, right, where all of this craziness of 2020 and the pandemic is going to be behind us, at least in a functional sense. And when that time comes, I think I would rather not all of our kids all at once have to enter this period of epic withdrawal all at once and realize, oh my gosh, I might have been addicted, right? I think there's we've got to start doing some of these things now to begin um, the sort of separation um, so that we don't later have separation anxiety from those digital devices. And that's why this is so important to talk about now. You might be thinking... Well, my kids are still in virtual school. I'm yeah. still in the situation that, that, that we've been talking about, and we understand that. But I think it's also time to realize if we can start to push some of these changes now, it actually may serve us really well four or five months yes. from now yeah. when things are, quote-unquote, back to normal, if that's what happens. Andrew, we have said for years that that our human minds are a lot like concrete or cement. Yeah. They're very pliable in the beginning, mushy. You can, you, you, know, it's not, you can put a handprint in a sidewalk yeah. when, when it's still wet cement. Our neural pathways are plastic and elastic. They're forming, but after about twenty-five years, that's they're they're kind of set. Yeah, it's not that you can't change, but it's much easier to change early on. Yeah, parents and teachers, listen. Your children can adapt. They can, if you apply new intentional ground rules, let's say around the house, they're going to be fine. They'll put up a a bit of a fuss, I'm sure, but this can be done, and they're going to thank you when they're 30 years old. Absolutely, absolutely. So the meat and potatoes, Andrew, really of of this, I just got hungry saying that, Uh, but (laughs) anyway, uh, I'd like to share five simple ideas to manage kids' screen time during this strange, strange pandemic that we're in. Absolutely. So I'd love to welcome your banter back, but five ideas, listeners, here we go. Let's go for it. The first one is, um, what if you made a list of non-screen activities and posted it somewhere, yeah. conspicuous, like on the refrigerator? Yeah. Here's some stuff, and by, by the way, don't think of cheesy stuff. Think of stuff that they might actually want to do. Yeah. But they're not going to think of that necessarily when the screen is so readily available and they can sit and veg on a couch and just, ugh, you know, yep. there it is. Yep. So I really think it's great. I mean, you, you can start with puzzles and games that they might enjoy, but uh, just give them reminders. There's other options to stay healthy mentally and physically. Absolutely. Okay? We talk about this and uh, all of the work we have sort of gathered together on the positive ways to stay mentally healthy as yeah. well. One of the big ones is movement, right? Yes. So yeah. any activities you can suggest that also involve movement, whether that's a walk or uh, some sort of physical exercise outside, those are those are double bonuses, right? That's right? One, the screen is down. Two, it also is helping uh, with their health, both mental and physical. Yep. So that's number one. Not, make a list of non-screen activities and post it. Number two, um, offer rewards for non-screen hours. Yeah. So they're getting rewards on the video game, right? Yep. Yep. Or, or they're getting moved up to another level or, or, or whatever. So once you have a list, create rewards that your kids love 
and can earn when they participate in pastimes that are offline. It could be it could be snacks. Um, I mentioned popcorn earlier. Yes. And my email That's is... A, yeah. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, snacks, trips, toys, new shoes. Depending on the age, there there's certain incentives. And why not just say, we're going to reward that? I mean, think about it. You often give allowance for your kids to do chores. That's yeah. a reward. Yeah. Why not reward, hey, I want you to be mentally healthy. Yep. How about some offline uh, activities and here's the reward? Absolutely. Number three, have the whole family follow the matching rule. Now, the matching rule, Andrew, is something that we, I don't think we're brilliant at our house, but Pam and I decided to do a matching rule years ago when our kids were growing up. Whatever amount of hours you spent... Uh, in front of a screen, you spent the same amount of hours off the screen yeah. in face-to-face, in-person interaction. Mm. Because we wanted them to not only be good with technology, they're going to have... In fact, they both have jobs that they use technology. But we wanted them to be so good with their interpersonal skills, their emotional intelligence. I think when you have matching hours at rule, it just helps make that happen. I love that. Yeah. Keeps us balanced. Yeah. All right, number four, aim for tech that teaches. Now, this is a no-brainer, but... Obviously, technology can be used for redemptive purposes. They're learning something. Absolutely. Why not encourage that? Say, well, if you're going to be on a screen, here's an option. So um, when they do spend time with technology, affirm and encourage tech use that actually enables them to learn something constructive. In fact, ask them to use their screen time to create a project or achieve a goal that actually helps someone else. We talk about solving problems and serving people. Absolutely. It's a great goal. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and it might feel like you can't do that during these times, but you actually can. There are ways. A couple of Google searches and you'll get there. No doubt. And then the last um, idea, uh, talk to your teens about research on screen time. Mm. Uh, We've mentioned before how helpful it is to at least start with a conversation. Don't make all of a sudden you're flying in like some superhero and blasting away at this horrible thing they're doing and then setting up a new rule. Um, start with dinner conversations or going out to a coffee toffee time and talking about it. This really helped me. I had daddy-son dates and daddy-daughter dates where we just would talk about it. And I would even have the posture, I don't know, I'm not a master of this, but yeah. I think, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. I would often say, here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I remember, I've told you this before, I was at... <laughs> Taco Bell, with a, get a, getting a burrito with my son. He was probably 12 years old. And we looked at an article, and we just talked about it. And he was the one that said, Dad, I think I'm going to cut down on video games. As if it was his own idea. And it was his idea. Yeah. Fostered by a great conversation, an Absolutely. article, and a burrito. Absolutely. And this is what it comes down to, is just acknowledging. I, I love what, what you did even back then, right, with your son acknowledging I don't have all the answers on this. And the goal is not for me to have all the answers on this. Screen time is not going away. Yeah, This that's is the right. world we live in. <laughs> yep. And one day the, our kids are going to be talking to their own kids about their screen time use because, again, it's not going anywhere. So the question is not, mom or dad, do you have all the answers? Or teacher, do you have all the answers? The question is, how are we going to lead them well to begin making yeah. some of these choices for themselves? Absolutely. And I think if that's our posture, even in our conversations with them, they're going to respect us more for yeah. being honest about yeah. that place. I'm not pretending to tell you how yeah. many hours are right and wrong. I want us to figure this out together. Yeah. But we both got to start by acknowledging uh, 40 hours a week on a screen cannot be good for our health. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. And that's just revealing the why. Exactly. My why is I care for you. Yeah. So Bill Gates uh, wrote something years ago that I thought was a great kind of tie a ribbon around this conversation statement. He said, technology 
is just a tool. Mm. This is Mr. Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, in terms of getting kids working together and motivating them, the teacher plays the most important role. I, I love, love that. that. Which means the adult, the human, the yes. adult parent, the adult teacher, the adult coach. And in today's world, that role is played by the teacher and the parent. Uh, let's lead this next generation well. Absolutely. I, yeah. So, Well, I thought it might be cool. We were talking earlier about uh, a story that you talked yeah. about because here's the reality. Screen time is not always bad, right? Yeah. Sometimes the activities that a kid does on screen, and we've mentioned that, can be redemptive. Uh, can solve huge problems, can uh, change their life or the or the lives of people around them. And you came across a story yeah. that was just a great example of that. I wonder if you might share that with sure. us. Sure. So it's a family that lives in Menlo Park, California. Um, and it was just a few years ago that I read about their 10-year-old boy. His name is Ayush uh, Kumar. Ayush is 10 years old, so fifth grade. So young kid, yeah. even before middle school. Uh, just loved screens and tech, you know? Of course. Like, like yeah. most 10-year-olds do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so his parents became very intentional about how they led Ayush in this home. In fact, get this, they gave him 30 minutes a week. A so week? outside of school, wow. that's all you're going to get. And typically he started you know, start playing video games and just things that 10-year-olds would do. But over time, his mom and his dad started noticing he was using his 30 minutes to code Interesting. Yeah, he started coding. Not playing video games. That's or right. Whatever. And I yeah. guess he'd looked up on YouTube probably and found out, oh, yeah, I could do this. So when they started seeing he was doing something constructive, not just creative, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. entertaining, mm-hmm. which which is not bad in itself. They thought, well, we need to foster this. So they expanded the time a little bit more and a little bit more. They said, Well, Ayush, if you're gonna learn to code, we're gonna give you this an hour, two hours, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So they slowly expanded, but still remained in a very intentional role as leaders in the home. Well, this is the climax of the story. So um, since he'd been... By the way, since Ayush had been coding since four years old, it just got (laughs) picked up at 10, they they started to go on the lookout for places he could actually use this skill. And when his dad heard about Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, which you've seen before, um, he told Ayush about it. And here's what he said. He said, Ayush... You're too young to enter this annual contest, but you could try to develop something and see what they say. So he kind of said, you know, you're too young, but I dare you. you yeah. Know, that sort of thing. I love that. So that's exactly what this kid did. So he developed this, a physics-based app. I won't go into the details, but with a catapult lever that enables you to release a projectile, submits this to the, uh, you know, the people in charge of this Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. They not only let him in, they let him in, what, you know, three years early. I think you're supposed to be 13 minimum. He was 10. He wins the contest (laughs) at 10 years old. So the cool part about the story is he remained very respectful as other, uh, uh, his not opponents, but other contestants said, hey, he's too young, he shouldn't. But they go, he just outdid you, you know, at 10 years old. The point of my story, listeners, is this. He had great adults around him who said, I see you're using technology for good. We're going to increase this time. You're going to do something great. This 10-year-old won a college scholarship. Unbelievable. He's ready for college. I mean, he's prepared financially <laughs> yes, for financially college so, yeah. at, at 10 years old. So love the story. May it be a picture of inspiration 
for everybody listening. I love that. If we could keep those kinds of stories in our brains as we're talking about this very important topic of screen time, I think it'll make a huge difference. Yeah, I do too. Well, one resource I think might be grateful or great, sorry, great for you guys uh, is a brand new ebook that just came out. It's called Eight Strategies to Build Mentally Tough Kids. And we know mental toughness is one of those skills that kids require in order to have more self-discipline and be able to manage things like how much time they spend on a screen. So if you'd be interested in picking up this completely free ebook, uh, we'll put a link to uh, to the ebook in the show notes and you'll be able to get access to that. It's called Eight Strategies to Build Mentally Tough Kids. We'd love for you to check that out. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give it five stars anywhere you are, uh, whether that's on iTunes or wherever else. Uh, if you found it helpful, share with a friend, pass this around to somebody that you know. Uh, and if you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore, pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you've got ideas for this podcast, things you want us to talk about, people you want us to interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those. Tim, thank you for challenging us and leading us in this really important conversation around screen time. Thank you guys for leading the next generation well, and we'll see you next time.